This morning's reading is from Luke 13, verses 1 through 9. At that very time, there were present, some present, who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Amen. I don't know, I don't know where this started or where it came from. But somewhere along the line, people got the notion in their head, and I'm sure there's some biblical text that is to blame for this, but people got in their head that when bad things happened, God must have been punishing us for something. It probably comes from the Old Testament because in the Old Testament, there wasn't really anyone else to blame but God for everything. You know, when things were good, you thank God. When things were bad, you blame God. And you, re, you know, you said you were sorry in the hopes that God would relent because there was really no other power in the universe except Yahweh. There, there was no devil. You couldn't blame the devil. Uh, that didn't, the devil didn't really get articulated until much later uh, in the New Testament, so... You didn't have that. You just had God to blame. But somewhere along the line, people just got in this notion that somehow, if something bad happened, God was punishing you for something. And uh, that, that you had done something to deserve what had happened. And that, that same notion, oddly enough, carries on today. I, and this kind of thing is probably something that I have more conversations about than almost anything else in the Bible, is uh, there's something within us that says when something bad happens, that somehow something has gone on that I'm to blame for it, that I have done something wrong, that I'm being punished for some shortcoming or some unrepented sin or, you know, uh, and, and in the Old Testament, the question was, or in, the, in Jesus' day, rather, the question was always more around, like, who sinned? Did you, did you do it, or was it, you, are you paying the price for something your parents did? Or, or something like that, right? Uh, so it went even beyond your own actions, and you were paying the price for 
your parents' sinfulness or something that they had not taken care of in somewhere along the line. And it, it really does a lot of damage. This bad theology <laughs> that uh, gets addressed by Jesus today really does a number on, on people. Because it, it brings in this, this notion that somehow I'm responsible for all the bad things that happen to me. And I'll say, sometimes you are. <laughs> sometimes there are natural consequences to things we do. But that's pretty easy to draw a straight line, right? To, uh, you know, uh, I went, I'm in jail because I cheated on my taxes. I mean, that's a pretty direct, you know, I don't, I don't think I can hang that one on God punishing me, <laughs> right? That's kind of the, the justice system punishing me, right? Uh, something like that. But, you know, so there's those consequences. But then sometimes we think, oh, you know, I got, I got cancer because I'm a bad person. Uh, God is punishing me. Or, or you know, we, we fret over it when something ha- bad happens to someone we love or we lose somebody. Somehow God is sending a message to us. Right? And the problem with that is that there's, is not only do we find ourselves, uh, not only does it, 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 you know, find, we find ourselves kind of beating ourselves up all the time over things that we think are so huge that they have created some kind of punishment in our lives. But, you know, it kind of besmirches the character of God as well. It turns God into this judgmental, hander out of punishment the other the other problematic thing is conversely those people for whom nothing bad really happens are seen as virtuous which may or may not be true i've known many an unvirtuous person who has never had much difficulty in life in fact sometimes i think it's designed that way right (laughs) So that's problematic as well. Because again, it turns God into this, into this entity that is just handing out punishments or rewards based on our behavior. Where's the grace in that? Right? Where's the love in that? I have no use for a God like that, really. I punish myself plenty, right? <laughs> we all do. We beat ourselves up pretty good. Well, Jesus addresses this particular kind of, again, bad theology today. Uh, in the text, he, there's a reference to a couple of things that, that, uh, that we don't know much about. Most, mostly what we know is what we just read here today. That there, was, there were some Galileans. And most scholars speculate that the, what had happened is there was a rebellion in Galilee which Galilee was a hotbed of rebellion because it was, well, I won't get into why that's the case. That would take us a while. But uh, suffice it to say, rebellion broke out in Galilee all the time. And uh, the Romans responded to this rebellion by executing those who were responsible for inciting that rebellion. And uh, the story is that Pilate took some of their blood and mixed it in with the sacrifices that they made to the Roman gods, and perhaps even to Caesar himself. Uh, 
<clears throat> There's no record of that other than here in the Bible, but that's kind of the picture that's being painted for us. And then there's another incident that Jesus addresses here where some workers are putting together a tower in Jerusalem or in, in near uh, Siloam and they're building that tower and something happens and the tower collapses and kills a bunch of them. They die in this tragic construction accident, um, which, you know, those kinds of things happen. And the question here is, what did they do to deserve this? And what, what sin, what unrepentant sin had they done? Or what had their parents done that warranted God's retribution in this way? And what Jesus says is that's not what's going on here. That's not the God we worship. That's not the God we love. And Jesus kind of turns this whole conversation around into an opportunity and says, look, uh, you know, none of that is true. God doesn't go around punishing people by making towers fall down on them. God doesn't go around punishing people by handing them over to Rome so that they can uh, do grotesque things to them. God doesn't go around punishing people by giving them cancer. God doesn't go around punishing people by having them get into an auto accident and dying prematurely or early. God doesn't go around handing out punishment, doesn't punish people by having... Uh, uh, an expectant mother miscarry. And, and God doesn't go around punishing people. Quite the contrary, what God goes around doing is inviting people to be in right relationship with God in the hope of life and love and abundant, uh, abundant living. By abundance, I mean just the fullness of life, not just a bunch of money. Uh, God invites us into that. And that's what Jesus is talking about. If we repent... If we turn, and by repentance, what Jesus means is turning away from the world and turning toward God, then God will give us that full and abundant life, not as a reward, but just as a, just as a, a product of the relationship that we have with God. What God desires most is not that we behave or, and, and follow and be obedient necessarily. What God desires most is that we be in relationship. That we, that we have that kind of connection with God that is helpful to us and draws us into the fullness of life. Whether that life is cut short uh, by some tragedy or whether that life is long and uneventful. <laughs> what God desires is a loving, abiding relationship that is, that is affirming to God and that is nurturing to us. And, and, God, and Jesus goes on to demonstrate this in the parable that is told. Luke does this great thing. He takes these, these were probably two unrelated stories, but Luke puts them together here. This story about, uh, the, the question of the people's sin, who's the tower fell down and the Galileans, uh, who were mixed in there. Uh, Luke matches that with this parable about a fig tree. A fig tree that has not borne any fruit for some time now. And the master comes and says, cut down that fig tree. It's useless. It's pointless. 
There's no reason for it. it just, it's just sucking up nutrients and taking up space. It's worthless. It really doesn't contribute much to the world. And then the gardener says, well, well, okay, you know what, you're right. It's not bearing any fruit, but let me work with it a little bit. Let me nurture it. Let me throw some, uh, you know, some manure around the bottom of it. Let me water it and tend to it. Let me prune it back a little bit and see if we can coax some fruit out of this tree. And this is when, so when Jesus is talking about repentance, this is what it looks like. Is, you know, right now we might not be bearing much fruit as followers of Christ. Right now we might be, you know, we might have some work that needs to be done. We might not be hitting the mark. Uh, the word, the Hebrew word for sin, actually it translates to missing the mark. It's an archery term. And so we may be missing the mark as we're walking along. And so we are called to repent. We heard Jesus say that. Repent or you're going to die just like these other people died. We're all going to die. But repent and get into a right relationship with God. And then this parable goes on to describe what that relationship looks like. And what that relationship looks like is God working on us. It's not us you know, ripping our clothes and throwing ashes on our, on our face. It's not us like... Have you ever seen those guys whipping themselves in the back and punishing themselves and all this kind of stuff? It's not even us, it's not even us being a tree willing ourselves to bear fruit. It's God through Christ nurturing us. It's you know fertilizing us a little bit, cultivating, water, pouring some water into our roots pruning back the branches that are that are sucking the life out of us there's a lot of us i can tell you after having talked to you there's many of us who need some branches pruned away so that you can bear some fruit because we all have those branches that are just sucking all of the life out of us all the nutrients out of us that they're never going to bear any fruit you see the metaphor here it is god who's going to do the work in you and in me and so when we hear this call to repent, sometimes we, you know, sometimes we feel a little defensive about that. Like, what do I got to be de- dependent? About? Or even worse, we kind of go, oh man, I don't even know where to start. I need to repent. I need to repent hard. I need to repent long. And it's going to be ugly and it's going to cost me dearly. And I'm going to have to, and, and this is what we do. We tell ourselves that we can't be that person God calls us to be. I've done this sin for so long and so many times, I don't even know how to, how to get rid of it. It's such an intricate part of me. Some of us have those things that we just, we just can't, we can't get rid of them. They just keep coming back. You know, some of them are dumb, like cussing. I can't seem to stop doing that. <laughs> but some of them are serious. Some of them are real and hit us where we live. And we just keep doing them over and over again. And what Jesus calls us to is to a relationship with God where we're not trying to make it happen. God is making it happen. By, by pruning and watering and nurturing, helping us grow 
into the person we're called to be. That's what repentance looks like. So this morning, we're going to come into a time of prayer after I, after I pray. We're going to come into this time of prayer. And I want you to think about where are those things that I just keep doing over and over again that I've tried. I've tried to lose weight and eat healthy. I've tried to uh, you know, stop being mean to my children when I'm angry at them. I've tried to be more patient with my parents. I've tried. You fill in the blanks. Some of, them, some of them we dare not utter in church. But I've tried to get rid of this sin, this thing that I've missed the mark on. I've tried and tried and tried. This morning, I want you to think about that thing. And I want to invite you to try again. <laughs> try again. This time, be that passive fig tree that may not be bearing fruit, but that God through Christ, is so eager to cultivate and work on and nurture in the hope that next time, with a little love and a little care, fruit will come. Amen? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, as we come to this time of self-reflection, as we've been doing over Lent, uh, I invite you to search my heart and all of our hearts. Um, for, um, for those things that we need to keep trying at. And give us the courage to turn to you and receive from you the nurture and the care that we need to be the person you called us to be. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.